What is up ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fire Drum Output, I'm Scott here with Michael and Drew as always and today we are talking about the faction of warriors from Skyrim, the Companions. Who wants to take it away first? Well, the Companions have a very long history coming all the way from the events uh, with Isgrimor and the Knight of Tears, so just the background on that is you have the Snow Elves in Skyrim and you have the men and they lived uh, in peace relatively like some people say they had problems as well but then one and the um humans built a but they built sarthal their first city and then of course there was the night of tears event where the snow elves attacked them and slaughtered them all nobody knows exactly why some people think it's because they feared the nords culture was surpassing their own other people think it's because the nords found the eye of magnus beneath sarthal which you find in the college of winterhold storyline in skyrim and then isgrimor and his two sons are basically the only survivors they flee back to Atmora, where they tell of the atrocities that happened in skyrim rally a bunch of vengeance hungry Atmorans to come sail back to skyrim and exterminate all the elves and they are basically called Isgrimor and his 500 companions. And that's the beginning of things. It's pretty epic that it's just 500 as well. And I kind of like It's not many, it. is it? It's Yeah, but it's like, you know, possible. Like, I also like that, um, you know, with superior tactics and so on. But I also like, you know, there could be powerful film users amongst them. Um, all kinds of stuff. But I like the mythological, like, it's kind of like, I know that, you know, how there's like the, the 300 Spartans. They had like some like, you know, thousand other Greeks fighting with them in reality. But it's much cooler to think of the 300 mm. Spartans fighting like millions. So you know? do, do we think that it's definitely, there were 500 in total? Or do you think like their crew, would they have counted every member of their crews, for well, example, on their ships? Think, I mean... I imagine the people that just, they just rode at the ships as well. Like, the warriors were the rowers as well. Like, you know, put their shield on the side. Like, mm. that well, Especially when you consider the fact that they split up to take over Skyrim too. So, 500 isn't many when you're all together, let alone when you spread out to go and conquer every corner of the, the province. Well, I guess that's why the people often underestimate the Nords, because they don't have the same uh, innate arcane talents as a lot of elves um, or the lifespan and so on, but obviously just based on the their actions and the outcome, they must be pretty powerful, dangerous foes mm. to deal with. Um, you know, I think I think it's a, I think it's a pretty cool thing that um, the Nords did split up, and you kind of ended up with a lot of the uh, rules and uh, customs that uh, went on to make the companions as we have them today. For example, eventually there was a thing called the Circle, which was a like an Isgrimor thing with his most trusted people. Mm. Um, and, and that kind of wasn't always there, but then it was brought back at some point by, yeah. um, mm. I think, one of the Harbingers later. There's been many Harbingers throughout the and, years. I mean, I guess we'll, we can also connect the dots for people. So um, one of Isgrimor's companions was called Jig the River, and he was a, one of the captains of the ship, um, Yorvaska. And that ship turned upside down as what becomes the, the Mead Hall in um, Yorvaska. And that's where it's sort of, that's where connecting, obviously, like, you know, you see the modern companions in that hall. It's kind of crazy that a wooden ship stayed around for thousands, thousands, thousands of years. But, you know, magic and such, it could be some, like, special Atmoran wood from I the mean, Elder Wood. It's, it's equally crazy how they, how they managed to get it there. Really? Yeah, because yeah, like, um, it's so far from water. 
Yeah, because like you know, you there there were there's been strategies in you know in real history of uh, portaging ships where you kind of like you can roll it on logs or whatever. But this is quite a quite a large ship, and it's going uphill at times as well. And uh, <laughs> it it does make you think that you know because as much as the original five hundred companions are surrounded in so much kind of like mythology as well as history. You wonder just like quite how powerful they are, or like how powerful some of them must have been when they're mm-hmm. doing this kind of For weird sure. stuff. For sure. Um, but anyway, so aside from the Yorviska ship, there were the other ships. So there was the Cal Kaz, the Krill Krillot Lock, the Fallow Fire, the Saden Wraith, and the Ilgament. Um, and so you have the circle of captains who together decided that each ship's crew should go forth on its own accord and make its own legend. Um, so obviously some went into the rift, others went to other places of Skyrim, but that's, that's the spreading out. Um, then over hundreds of years later, they kind of became more of an established mercenary group, um, in Skyrim doing different things still with Harbingers, but it wasn't until late second era that the circle or the, like the captain circle theme, uh, came back. So that, yeah. that was with, um, Kiranil Longnose gathered the true hearts of the companions in the wild um well actually that's when he kills the usurpers isn't it and becomes harbinger and then founds the circle yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a big transformation like the companions you won't the companions of today aren't the same as the companions of 500 years ago let alone like you know thousands of years ago like it's a real sort of like there's it's a there's a lot of development and it, it's sort of just like a cultural like yeah we're like close to Isgrimor but if you actually look like Isgrimor would not be tolerating dark elves for example or high elves in um in in the companions you know what I mean like like in terms of the ideology of, of Isgrimor thousands of years ago to the companions of now there's not a lot outside of like yeah Nord warriors let's fight together kind of thing there's not a whole lot there or like you know common reverence for Isgrimor but there's Which not a lot of like practice it's you know more I mean? of a, it's more of a Daedric cult now anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well just just for clarity as well when I talk about usurpers there was supposedly this long line of dishonorable harbingers that weren't true to the companions ways and that's yeah. why um Kiernil Longnose went in and kind of tried to like reinvigorate the the core message of what the companions were and who they are which i guess by the time of skyrim he didn't do the best job um in terms of how how it all ended up um but yeah they they kind of have these these values of honor and never backing down from a fight and things like that but it can get very vague yeah, like our, our criticisms of them in the past have essentially been that they're just mercenaries with a coat of paint of honor. Like in terms of their actions, a lot of the time they're pretty it's just like, straight up mercenaries. Yeah, it's There's o- nothing honor through blood, might is right kind of stuff. You know, you, you don't want to be seen as like a, a wuss or a whelp, as they like to say. Like you want to prove yourself to be mm. a strong fighter, but that's kind of it. Like even in Skyrim, you look at some of the radiant quests they have you do, you can be sent to um go and beat up like a person for causing trouble but you don't actually know why and i think you can actually ask i think it's farkas the quest giver you say like why and he's like "Mm, that's not the companion's business to like ask questions like it's this it's this focus on and a fixation on being neutral but you know if you don't know the context then you're just a a a gun 
and letting someone else pay to pull the trigger. Like you, you know, like it could be, I think I said in my problems with the companions video is that it could be a situation where there's some Nord living in his nice house on some fertile area and some, I don't know, rich guy wants him to sell him his land for heaps cheap so he can set up a mine there because he reckons that would be a good business opportunity. And the person doesn't want to sell their land. And so the rich person businessman goes and gets the companions involved and says he's causing me trouble <laughs> and then you head on over there and fist fight him and beat him into submission and then he agrees to sell his land like but oh i don't ask any questions like i don't know doesn't really feel yeah. like honor to me it, i i understand the 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 main principle of like not backing down from a fight you know they brawl each other and put them put each other through physical tests and now fight to the death by a shield brother or shield sister's side that stuff all stands that's fine mm. um but i think a lot of the traditional values as well like you were saying scott like is like he he would have hated elves for example that all got thrown out of the window which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it then just becomes why are you guys larping as this ancient is cult when you're <laughs> you're very far from it yeah you, you know what i mean um, and, and as we look into some of the, you know, um, made a video on it, the the hidden truth of the silver hand. But if you actually look into the um, silver hand, there's some really interesting theories uh, about the actual uh, split of the silver hand being split off from the companions, and then in fact that the silver hand are more closely aligned, I guess, to to uh, to Isgrimor's ways. Like, for example, the, the, the big, the big uh, elephant in the room or werewolf in the room, so to speak, is that the companions are werewolves now and they're right in with this lycanthropy stuff. Obviously, they die and go to the hunting grounds of um, Hercene and so on. And this is completely like, you know, other side of the, of the laneway from, um, from what Isgrimor and, and the Nords would believe, like the true things of honor and so on. Like it's, um, they all want to go to Sovngarde and, and you know, fight in Shaw's mm. wars in the future and stuff like that. It's, um, so that all started when there was a harbinger called Turfig who accepted a uh, gift from the Glen Moral Coven of witches, um, you know, via her scene, all that kind of stuff. And um, they became werewolves and they would go on but the, the the seeming the idea was that turfig accepted it seeming it seemed it was going to be temporary like not forever but they kind of it seemed like they were kind of tricked or sort of coerced into a different mm. kind of path where it's going to be a curse that goes on forever but turfig's the last harbinger who actually regretted regrets it like uh, he really yeah. he wish, wish it never happened because all the ones at least after, we can gather that from um Codlack's journal yeah, because Codlack keeps having this dream where he sees the line of Harbingers start with Isgrimor. They all are ascending to Sovngarde until it comes to—is it T- Turfig? You said, yeah. yeah. I think that's how I'd pronounce it. Um, and Turfig tries to enter Sovngarde, but before he can even approach Sun, he's set upon by a great wolf who pulls him into the hunting grounds. And Turfig's regretful, um, but also eager to join Hercene after a lifetime of service as a beast. But then. In his journal, Kodlak says, Then I see every next harbinger turn away from Sovngarde and enter the hunting grounds of their own accord until it comes to me. Um, And obviously, as we know, in Skyrim, he is pretty anti-werewolf. I mean, he did technically agree to become one. It's not like a a magic curse where you just get, oh, turned into a Mm. werewolf and didn't expect it. I, I can only assume it must have been in his younger years 
yeah. when he was a mercenary and there was the harbinger i think a a red guard who um mm. picked him up and brought him in kind of yeah i can't remember if it was a red guard or not but it was in hammerfell i think he got recruited yeah in hammerfell. Okay. that's probably the thing but but regardless like um so with uh with that whole thing starting off with Turfig, there's this idea that um the silver hand are actually split off from the companions and uh they want to basically cleanse the companions of these werewolves filth because they specifically re- reference the companions plenty and they're like oh he wears that armor he dies in reference to the wolf armor mm-hmm. and they all all the silver hand members they have a high an unusually high chance of um, having Isgrimmore's songs as books appear in their corpses and so on. So there's this kind of... Look, ultimately, to preface all this, it it sort of seems that Bethesda didn't flesh this idea, idea out fully. It like feels like it might have been a thing, but then they kind of like, oh, uh, kind of rush through it. and Because you know, there's like all the breadcrumbs are there for like why they're, why they're the split off, but there's no... Um, yeah, they, they definitely hard. seem like a, a split off faction. Mm. Like you're saying with the books, I think it's a... Don't quote me on the first part. It's like a low chance that any um, Silverhand member has a book. I think it could be like 10%, yeah. 7% chance. But if they do, there's like a 73, I think. Basically, roughly 3 in 4 chance that that book is one of those um, song books. And, and one of the and, biggest... And why would they have that? Like, you think yeah. about the Silverhand in their current state. They're made up of... Because you could be like, oh, you know, Skyrim has lots of Nords. Nords could carry those books about Isgrimor for sure. But then you look and you see the silver hands filled with orcs, dark elves, nords, which the companions currently are filled with um, because that is not necessarily related to um, them being a werewolf. Like the whole idea that any race, not just a nord, can become part of the companions that was introduced before. Not everyone agreed with that, but that Mm. happened and you were free to abandon the faction if you wanted to. Uh, And the... Sorry, Oh, I'm just saying gonna... they have it and they're, they're obsessed with getting the fragments of Wuthrad. Even in the quest yeah. where you go and you go with, um, it's, it's Farkas, right? You go at the start. I always confuse uh, their yeah, names Farkas together. At the yeah. Start, yeah, And then you go in there looking for a fragment of Wuthrad because you're tipped off about where it is and the silver hand are waiting for you. That could be a, uh, a trap that they could set without there actually being a fragment of Wuthrad there. There was no reason for there to actually be one there if it mm. was just a trick. And you'll notice that all of the quests involve going and hunting down these fragments of Wuthrad, which they have. And when they finally do, I mean, spoilers, but I'm sure you've all played the companions. When they finally do assault Yorvaskar and Kodlak dies, they don't seem to kill anyone else. They quickly escape with the pieces of Wuthrad, which they went and stole. Like, they're not there to just bait you into coming to get those fragments. They obviously want them for some Mm. reason. And they're like, yeah, and like you're just saying when they attack, it's like they're clearly, their highest goal is not to just obliterate and like massacre all of the companions because they wanted to get those shards. Like they had opportunity to, like you say, oh, they got fought off, but I feel like they could have overpowered them considering the Harbinger was dead and there weren't enough people to protect him or whatnot. But the, um, but ultimately, Wuthrad is some, you know, item of reverence for them. Like, why would you go to all the effort to go and get it if not? Who else has this reverence for Isgrimor outside of the companions? You could go oh, like, oh, you know, your typical Nord, but you know, like we say, there's there's orcs, there's multiple yeah. elves, different members of the Silver Hand that are. It, it does feel silly though. For I mean, I understand it just from a cultural perspective, but like even the New Age companions versus the Silver Hand, if we're saying that they are more in line with the old way of things and mostly against the werewolf split, but um, mm. they're obviously of all different races, including elves, and Wuthrad is quite literally a elf 
mass elf killing weapon that they're all coveting. The companions are coveting it as they LARP as these Grimoire followers and the Silver Hand potentially as real, you know, likers of or lovers of Isgrimoire. They all want it too. It's yeah. like a it's a religious divergence at the end of the day. And I, I almost I wouldn't even say that the Silver Hand are any better, because they're trying to purge certain elements from the companions while like as you said they're not exactly following in Isgrimor's footsteps either. I, I mean, I'd argue that the closest to the companions are the Stormcloaks. You know, um, mm. it, like I think the companions got obsessed with if they're if they're reading the Songs of the Return, they're like, oh, wow, Isgrimor is this incredible warrior. We want to be the strongest we can possibly be at any by any means necessary, which kind of goes against really what it what it what it what Isgrimor's and the Five Hundred Companions Return actually meant. It was more about securing. The, the, the land they thought was theirs mm. and you know um and that's why the anti-elven sentiment comes into it and really none of that exists anymore short of just obsessing over a guy who they considered to be a good warrior really yeah. and there's you know, many Kodlak warriors might, uh, to pick from yeah Kodlak if, might be one of the few who kind of is you know has started to see that oh wait yeah it's more about Isgrimor's teachings as opposed to just him being a warrior like i mean isgrimor was the first to record history the first human to record history right it's like he's mm. more than just a killer as much as he killed yeah. a lot like even if you were to look at like it's almost unfair to really even put them in the same basket like if you looked at like you know the 500 companions here in the timeline the amount of like cultural like divergences and split offs like you know like we were saying considering the fact that there's the sort of idea that all races should be accepted into the companions was a split off idea that became the dominant one that happened before there would even be like a silver hand and companion the current split off you know what i mean like there's so many divergences and it's so far removed from isgrimor himself and the 500 companions outside of the namesake and the mm. you know and companions is a pretty the, generic generic term. It can just be referred to anything yeah it's just they mm. took up shop in this cool looking flipped mm. over long ship you well, know that really that's the it, similarities interestingly enough it seems like a lot of the problems that the companions guild has run into actually do stem from them using this kind of isgrimoire centric view of authority like there's this whole idea that the harbinger isn't actually like a a dictator he's not a leader who says no we do it like this the harbinger actually serves as like an advisor um mm. so like a lot of people would say you know if cod lacks in control and he doesn't like the werewolf stuff why doesn't he just get skewer and ayla and Every, the rest of the circle to not make the player a werewolf and to stop doing this stuff but he doesn't have control over it all he does is give advice but he they have this they they, they focus on free will if you look into their kind of some of their concepts it's very much like yeah. where the yeah, circle like- they serve as role models of like good warriors to everyone else but the harbinger can't actually be like no cut that werewolf stuff out but then again like i mean you know looking at from just a definition perspective of the harbinger kind of like you know guiding them or like as you said like setting them on the right path or whatnot if a if the harbinger kind of sets them on the wrong path and they're going really far away from what matters then maybe a bit more of an authoritarian approach is kind of necessary to be a advisor or a guide if that makes sense it's like I, I it sounds agree. counterintuitive but. i agree i mean you look at every faction in the game they all have their leader who kind of at the end of the day has that veto call the shots mm. um power but if it's all you know wazzy woozy whatever you you can get away with a lot i mean if you like there's a book um in skyrim and the elder scrolls online called great harbingers of the companions 
Um, and it says the companions have never had a true leader since Isgrimor. Um, um, we companions are capable of leading our own destinies to glory. The Harbinger advises, resolves disputes, and helps to clarify when questions arise of the nature of honor. In the thousands of years the companions have held at Yorveska, there have been Harbingers both terrible and brilliant, those known for their arm, those for their hearts, and those for their minds. Um, so you can see they, they almost feel like more of a greatly respected mediator as opposed mm. to someone with like you know the stick to be like nah if if they disagree mm. with something as i said it's so funny that like like honor like honor is such a vague sort of nothing term in reality because do you know if you look like if you kind of peel stuff back it's kind of becomes that honor is just adherence to a set of codes or laws or a contract or whatever if you you know honor something so there's nothing like yeah like the dark but, brotherhood you know, have honor in their code yeah, they the honor their contracts they and follow they... their code. Yeah, yeah. But so the companions kind... don't have a code. They they kind of yeah. they kind of protect Skyrim and her people in a way. I mean, like you know, it's their job to go out and like besides the Unless beat up a thug. To, yeah, yeah. But they go out yeah. and they and they they um deal with giants and threats and things like that. But it's yeah. But if you're not going to pay them, they're not going to do it. <laughs> but <laughs> they're yeah, like they're... yeah. But I I suppose um. Because at the end of the day, in terms of like political and war conflicts, they're not going to get involved. I suppose. So it's kind but, of like. But I'll just play devil's advocate here and say that nothing's free, just in the sense of like they got to eat. It's not like you go into Yorvaskur and they're like all walking around with gold chains and and like they're all like cashed out. Like they're not exactly. Yeah. So it could be like kind of like monks, where it's like, oh, not monks, but just imagine they're paid like an extremely low amount compared to like a proper mercenary i'm not saying this is the case right. i'm just saying yeah. it could be um just because they don't seem to be drowning in wealth so the, yeah. the monk analogy i was actually going to say something very similar because that almost seems like it would be a good direction for them to go perhaps with if ulfric and the stormcloaks were to win to kind of reinstate the companions as being more like what they initially were because obviously like the jump between isgrimor and the 500 companions and the companions as we kind of touched on is that several hundred years later they just decide to make a mercenary group like the, the term harbinger like isgrimor is the harbinger of us all when you think about it like that, there can't be any other harbingers. He's the harbinger. So it's it's kind of like having, like, say you have, like, a, you know, if I use a biblical figure like Jesus, if he were, like, a Jesus who, like, led the Nords to their homeland, um, you can't just then have a bunch of new ones popping up in his place to kind of... It, if anything, they almost need to be monks following his rules and not deciding upon new rules to excuse me, add into the fold, if you know what I mean. It's like, it's almost maybe needs to be a bit more dogmatic and religious um, rather than, you know, seek, mm. you know, the fact that they need mm. to seek money by taking contracts means that there's no way they can ever honor their true code completely it, it's at the end of the day. Because they're, they're reliant on the jobs. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't make sense for them to question. Whereas if they got money from the state, for example, if the if Ulfric won and decided to have them be a religious order, then it's kind of interesting you bring that up because um, the you know the Greymane family is sort of you know entrenched decently with the companions, and you got Yerland Greymane. 
he's not officially a companion, but he works the Skyforge and so on and close relations. But um, it's Vignar Greymane, Yulon's brother, and the head of the Greymane family who replaces Jarl Bolgruf if the Stormcloaks win. So you can kind of mm. really imagine that, them like, you know what I mean, turning the companions more so into a force for the Stormcloaks. Like, you're not going to have some impartial sort of like mercenaries in a civil war, like just, oh, you know, you can leave Whiterun and go off and help, you know, the Imperials or something. It's like, that's not going to be happening. Especially not with, like... Yeah, I think at the end of control. the day, their, their loyalty is just to themselves. Like, they really will sacrifice themselves for each other. But that's about See, it. That, that's why I'm like, screw the companions in that regard. It's like, mm. you're not honorable. There's nothing there. It's just, it's all these fake guys. It's like, at least followers of Boethia, for example, are really honest. They're in it for themselves. They want to, like, you know, well, if, climb the ranks and so on. Whereas If you go and ask the companion members, because there's a, a dialogue mm. option, you can say, why are you here? They all have different reasons, ranging mm. from I just love the lifestyle of fighting stuff to I <laughs> like collecting coin and drinking. Like, mm. they all have different reasons for being there. Um, yeah, they, when they, you walk in for the first time, they're just having a punch up. <laughs> you know, like, that's kind yeah. of sets the tone yeah. for what they're like. You know, um, those two seem to be at, at odds for whatever reason they have. Um, but you'll notice all those people are quite rude to you throughout the Companions quest line as well which just makes it feel like there's definitely not a, uh, an atmosphere of honor or like respect. Like for example, when you first join, you could be like, okay, fine. Everyone's going to call me a whelp, whatever. It's not, it's not built to um, understand your achievements so far, which is a flaw in of itself. But as you progress, you're in the circle, you're a werewolf, like you're almost a harbinger. They still don't respect you. When you finally become a harbinger, it's almost like they're a bit neutral. <laughs> like they never they're never like giving you a mm. lot of a lot of reverence they can be friendly at the end but all up until then not really yeah i totally think they should have they they should have gone with the whole like companions versus Silverhand kind of thing and then whatever the warrior faction is that you can kind of help either side and that kind of wins mm. out because then it would have been much more interesting because you you know there's the two philosophies sort of going on there like basically i guess the pro werewolf sort of in it for the power kind of thing versus mm. the you know true to isgrimoire kind yeah. of because because the werewolf thing i mean we all know the saying absolute power crops absolutely but they love it like skewer and ayla specifically mm. they absolutely love it and you can tell that they're not exactly looking out for the safety of um white run or skyrim and her people when um they turn you into a werewolf you go absolutely nuts like in theory like we know in the law like werewolf bloodlust can cause you to kill when you wouldn't normally want to you can just rampage the whole town of whiteron like i just always yeah. i always flee but like realistically speaking you could just go kill a bunch of people you wake up in the forest with ayla and she's like oh you handled that all right haha <laughs> like you know like kind of like lol basically is her yeah. view of well, she, she, even, she, she even yeah she kind of does that she's like oh you gave us even more trouble than Farkas at his first turning kind of thing which kind of implies like destruction and murder yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it's kind of like so flippantly and, just talking and then she's it. like it's time for a celebration and, and I mean if you think about it like you know I, I appreciate Ayla as much as the next Skyrim fan does but if you be objective she's a bit of a crazy narcissist <laughs> like she mm. uh, one of the quotes she says is she's like oh don't turn into a werewolf around other people um but it's not because oh because of bloodlust or because you might scare them it's because that they can't like um stand the side of glory before their eyes or so, so, some reason mm. like that and it's like 
really? <laughs> like, okay. And then, she, you know, you go and Skill dies and she's all upset. And it's like, well, you are assaulting the, the Silver Hand arc not really doing much to you it, even Kodlak says i know honor's vague but he goes you've taken more lives than honor demanded and he he seems almost defensive of the silver hand as if he does understand their yeah. their motives because he he keeps saying whether you're pro or anti werewolf he says mm, it's more complex than that like he keeps referring to this deeper yeah. nuance that obviously he never goes into heaps of detail about but it does make all the silver hand theories ring true about them being a kind of separatist group i, I kind of i wonder if this is a it's not really hot take it's really lukewarm but like for for <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the elder and you know what i will go into it more and actually in the next podcast I know what that we've say. got planned yeah. i don't know what you're gonna say no i know I what you're gonna say go on i know what you're gonna say. Do uh, i know I as well yeah yeah i know i know i was talking about elder scrolls six factions or this like yeah. I, well, basically one of my criticisms was i was just saying that that the companions the thieves guild and um and even the not the Dark Brotherhood as much, but um, the College Winterhold. One of the biggest problems, I think, which kind of, like, sucks more is that you don't get that, like, common goal camaraderie kind of feel. Like, College Winterhold, everyone's just there for their own research or whatever. The Companions have got all their different reasons and so on. The Thieves Guild is, like, you get a bit of the camaraderie, but yeah. you don't have the same... Like, everyone's like, yeah, I'm just here to make money. But there's a no A lot of them are very faction- down on their luck as well. Yeah, but you don't really get to join any factions where everyone's got, like, a lot of, like, conviction or something or there's some, like interesting sort of cultural code it's mm. all very loose and like yeah we're here to make some money here we're here yeah. to practice some spells oh here we're to be mercenaries yeah. I mean, let's let's leave it let's leave it i thought you were gonna say oh yeah it was exactly what i thought yeah. he was gonna say Pretty close. i thought you were gonna say um that the the obsession with werewolves is like some sex thing what? Um, so it's pretty close <laughs> <laughs> no but it is weird that they yeah it, it's like of all the so if, random if <laughs> If it's obsessing over power, there's just there are other ways to do it without having to go so extreme as becoming werewolves, you know. Yeah. Without having yeah. to diverge so far from your support. But then again, I, I guess they a hot take. But they don't have any magical. Well, if they don't have any magical abilities, or like I guess outside of like what? warrior prowess, or if you were like become a king or some yeah something like that, but it's like you're not going to because you're a. I mean, the other thing that's weird. I, I just want to clarify it because there seems to be a lot of confusion, and I'll get your opinions on it but um there's this whole idea that Kodlak is dying from a disease um so he yeah like that's he's like waning in power and dying from disease i think it's the prima game guide for skyrim which pretty much no one has (laughs) but it's saying like Kodlak is like has the rot this disease the rot and he's like diminishing or whatever well yeah because in the in the canon he's only 25 (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I can't. Pr- I can't okay. prove that. But, but, <laughs> but, to me, the only evidence I pretty sure that I could see of it in Skyrim is in his journal, where he says, um, "It's apparent to me now that Turfik's choice to turn us was indeed a mistake. Magics and their ilk are not in keeping with the spirit of the companions. We face our problems directly without the needs of such trickery." I can only hope to guide us back to the true path of Isgrimor before the rot takes me. But when I read that, my take was like, that's just his way of saying before I die of old age. Yeah, that's like what I rot, thought. I'm too. dying of old age. But yeah, I'm fairly sure in the Prima game guide, they spe- they like more mention it like he has a disease. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Like if you, if you go and find like the, the law page for him, like on a wiki, um, 
it like because another reason i don't like it is they're meant to have like a disease immunity as a werewolf that that's why it's like e yeah. extra extra silly to me but if i just find uh, disease um oh i mean he refers to um in dialogue being a werewolf as as a disease but where is this disease I, I, rot i'm like control f rot yeah in this is just from from us but it's like in the year 200 codlack contracted the rot and his condition had rapidly diminished he became weak in body and his frustration showed taking to locking himself behind closed doors pouring over old documents desperate to cure himself of lycanthropy I don't know, but yeah, it says he has some disease, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like in his diary, he just meant I'm getting old and I want to fix this so that I can go to Sovngarde before death takes me, before the rot takes me, you know, like. Yeah. That was yeah, my take I, anyway. I, That's I, my headcanon. The companion story requires a lot of headcanon sometimes. Yeah. I just, this is a random aside, but I just saw a picture of Codlack on the US because I was just looking for this, um quote and i'm like do you ever just look at like old skyrim and just like is that a ps2 game like <laughs> it just looks so old My, i'll tell you what I, I fully agree and same when you go back and look at some of our earliest builds which to be fair were filmed on a 360 but for the video i did recently about exploring one of skyrim's unsolved mysteries with the temple of scrib which everyone should go check out nice video that has um the graphics for that, I checked vanilla Skyrim just to check some some stuff because we have a lot of mods and I wanted to make sure everything I'm saying was legit. By the way, to get vanilla Skyrim, you need a, a link to it. Like you can't search it on Steam. Like if you want to buy 2011, I don't just mean unmodded Skyrim. I mean, if you want to buy 2011 OG Skyrim on Steam, you need a link. Mm. Anyway, I bought it and um, the graphics were better than I remember. And I, and I wondered if it was because I'm running it on like, obviously a 2020 kind of PC uh, yeah. with like a good graphics card. And all if you're running it on ultra and everything like, compared yeah, to a 360, it looks a lot better than some of the old um, original Skyrim screenshots. Like you'll see on the wiki, mm. like it looks much better. I'm not saying it look, and obviously special edition is a big upgrade. It is, but having run original Skyrim now on a really good PC, I was kind of like, oh, I kind of relate a little bit more to that crowd who was saying when Special Edition came out, like, oh, what? It's just like the tiniest upgrade. <laughs> I'm like, it, obviously it's mm. better. Yeah. But like there, um, it, it does look way better than you remember is basically my point when you run it on a solid PC and mm. not think back to our Xbox 360 days. Yeah. Um. To, to, to circle back <laughs> to, to the companions. Circle back to the companions. <laughs> yeah. Circle, um, quite literally, the circle. Yeah. Um, I was going to say one thing. This is something that kind of happens with all of the Elder Scrolls, the disappointment of the gameplay versus the lore, or even what's said about the history. But like, you know, um, stories about Codlack... Um, and Skewer fighting off like 101 orc berserkers together, like back yeah. to back, like hand to hand yeah. kind of thing. And if you go through the great, you know, the harbingers and stuff, you get some like cool story, like Mac with the piercing eyes and so on. And like she was said to have once stared down half an opposing army, then slaughtered the remainder single handedly. And it's kind of like, I know it's like it's hyperbole, but even if you take that and then like halve it, it's still ridiculously powerful. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, and, just, it's that kind of thing you never see the cool stuff i know just, just to clarify i i know um codlack uh, was found in hammerfell when he was working as a mercenary by Askar, the current harbinger of that time who maybe wasn't um a red guard like i i thought he might be but 
I think my confusion came from there was Siroc the Lofty. So this was the first Harbinger to be to not be of ancestral Atmoran blood. Um, so this is kind of when all the disputes about purity and the legacy of Isgrimor came in because Siroc eventually became Harbinger by proving his worth. Like he was just so good of a warrior. One of the most, he was the most capable of the Shield Brothers in the hall with speed and cunning surpassing any of the old at Moran stock. Um, so I guess he kind of set the precedent um, and also can, Tributed a lot it says his field knowledge of blade work continues to pass to every new companion through their training mm. so you can see around where some of the divergence would have happened if you just look at the list of harbingers and then the change yeah if if i had to pick i'd definitely dab on the companions and just yeet them out of existence <laughs> <laughs> like I had well said. Like, factions. Well said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like honestly, like you know, um, would, you give, I would, would you give him a shushi as well? Shushi. In in retrospect, <laughs> it's like people want to come to the Elder Scrolls podcast, you know, to discuss Elder Scrolls away from the memes and ridiculousness. Next minute, shushi. Anyway, by the way, <laughs> what I was trying to say is, Fighters Guild. Um, I actually kind of preferred the Fighters Guild over the Companions. I kind of wish that it was just the Fighters Guild. Like, either do the Companions super differently or well, but I'd rather even just take a Fighters Guild kind of That's thing. That's essentially what they did, isn't it? They kind of just took the Fighters Guild and like, oh, let's put a Skyrim spin on this. Mm. Yeah. I think, though, that, I mean, giving credit where credit's due, um, the saving grace of the Companions, like, we all take it for granted now, but you became a werewolf. And as yeah. much as I don't like that you were forced to be a werewolf and that essentially after one, I think, main quest, like not including not including Radiant quests, you became a member of the circle. But um, that was so cool because we'd never had uh, so much fun like that before. But y- you know what? At the, at the end of the day, it's like, I'd might, I, I, this is just a personal take. I'd rather it be something like, you know, you fight a werewolf, you can catch the disease or something. And then if you get the disease and become a werewolf, you can have like hunters will come after you or something, or you can, might get contacted or found by like, like it, by um, another pack or something of werewolves. And then there's like a quest line or something there related to you being a werewolf. It's very like lycanthrope related. Yeah. And so you become like a joiner. Obviously pack or not something. including Daggerfall, of course. Cause, uh, <laughs> like, sorry, sorry, I was thinking back on what I was saying about being a werewolf, like or a were creature. Because mm. I'm, yeah, I'm fairly sure you can do that in Daggerfall. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that's it for the... Com- May, I was thinking we could talk more about Isgrimor, but then again, I feel like Isgrimor could have a cool video or podcast unto himself. Like his Songs of Return's got a lot of stuff and there's some interesting theories about whether Isgrimor was a dragon <laughs> or not. Or, or that he all, had dragons All the with 500 him. companions were dragons. I mean, I mean that, 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 would, that would help to explain some of the weird stuff about... I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff, but like even just the logistics of carrying... I mean, the fact they're using ships goes against the idea they're dragons, but, mm. you know, because, you know, the Songs of Return will say something like they sailed across the land with waves of stone and trees flowing under their hulls. And it's like, wait, is that just a metaphor for them flying? You know, like, or are they, you know, are they actually sailing over the They over may the as land, well have or... been flying because they're so good at sailing and they're so strong. I mean, that'd be the perfect cardio for any warrior. It's like, yeah, I I literally rode a boat here from Atmora. <laughs> they're, they're, they're strong. Mm. 
But anyway, I don't have too much else to say about the companions. I, I think everything that I would say, I would probably keep for um, the next podcast, which is going to be an Elder Scrolls Six discussion on factions. We can talk about some of the flaws with all of the factions and talk about what we would want from new factions in Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. All right. Thank yeah, you think- so much for watching. And social media links are in the description. And we will see you next time.